0: Audio.
1: Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. We know that as homeschoolers, we're not just educators, we're also the curators of our children's worldview. And what better way to enrich that worldview than by exploring history from a biblical perspective? Today, we are joined by Angela O'Dell, who is known for her curriculum through Masterbooks and a family favorite podcast, Real Cool History for Kids. Angela shares her journey, starting with a personal project for her youngest daughter that eventually led her to become a published author. She also discusses the importance of aligning educational materials with a biblical worldview, and she'll highlight the profound impact parents can have on shaping their children's understanding of history, faith, and identity. Angela is a veteran homeschooler who loves to invest in the lives of homeschooling families. She's the author of America's Story 1 through 3, The World Story 1 through 3, and Math Lessons for a Living Education series, all of which are published through Master Books. She's also the creator and producer of the popular podcast show Real Cool History for Kids. She holds certifications in child development and family biblical life coach and mental health coaching with a special focus on adolescent through teen years. She also has master level certification in leadership coaching. She recently launched Courageous Identity Teen Edition, which focuses on discipling homeschooling families by helping them to establish good spiritual and mental health practices in the home. Angela's ultimate passion is teaching and training hearts and minds to find the answers for our generation in the never-changing truth of God and His Word. If you've been enjoying the Homeschooling Families podcast, I invite you to leave a review and rating for us. The more five-star ratings and reviews we receive, the more families we can reach with each episode. Our mission is to bring resources and experiences to strengthen Christian homeschooling families like yours— And the podcast is one of the best ways we've found to do that. So will you help us by leaving a review and inviting your friends to tune in? It would mean the world to us if you would. I wanted to tell you one more thing before we welcome Angela to the show today. We talk in almost every single episode of the podcast about what we call heart schooling, which is truly what I believe every Christian parent is called to do. I've written a book to explore that subject and to help you better understand how heart schooling will impact your own family. And it's available in digital format for only $5 or in paperback for only $15. I invite you to check it out. It's a quick read, but it's full of practical insight and application. It has assessment forms, things to think about, and a whole lot more. So if you'll go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book, you can get your copy today. Again, go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash book. All right, we have an impassioned episode in store for you today, and I can't wait for you to dive right in. So sit back and relax and join me in welcoming Angela O'Dell to the podcast. Hey, you guys, welcome back. I'm very excited to welcome Angela O'Dell back to the podcast today. Angela, as I already introduced her, has just quite a wide variety of works that she has created. She has been a homeschooler for a long time, has so much wisdom to share with us all. So Angela, I'm very happy to have you back. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you. I am very happy to be back.
1: Well, it's good to have you. It's always fun to talk to you, always feel a very shared View of things. So I'm just sitting here as you talk, just amen, and all, all the things that you're saying. <laughs> for those, though, that may not know you, may not have seen your works. I know you've got a history curriculum, a math curriculum, and a big new project you've been working on. Can you tell us all a little bit about really how God led you guys into homeschooling, but then also how He started with the focus on history and then math and kind of how He's woven this together for you guys?
0: Absolutely. Well, Homeschooling started for me about 25 years ago, and I have four kids. And honestly, I never really planned on homeschooling, but I didn't really have any thought about it. It wasn't like I am never homeschooling, I just, it just never was something that I considered. As I realized that my kids were such individual little people, <laughs> I realized that they were not being met where they are and their little individual characters were not being embraced. And my two oldest kids, who are 30 and 28 at the moment, they spent a couple of years in the public school system. And my daughter, especially my second child, really dealt with a lot of anxiety. And it just broke my heart to see her dealing with this at such a young age. I'm like, this just can't be right. So I had tried to do some homeschooling things, before that. And I just had felt very, well, we'll just put it this way. I wasn't at a place in my life where I felt confident or supported in it. So I ended up putting him in school for a while. And then that just ended up being a complete and utter fiasco. And I realized, okay, maybe I am the best thing for my kids. God really taught me that through just a lot of fumbling and mistakes. And, you know, aren't we all like that though? I mean, we do our best with what we have when we have it. You know, and it's like God's grace is all of the things that we are not. So, which I'm so thankful for. But that's kind of how we stumbled into homeschooling. And then about 20 years ago, we moved out to the area that we live in now. And I honestly, I was so scared, but I was really thinking seriously about homeschooling. But I was like, God, you're going to have to give me like a sign from heaven. And at this time, my kids were. 10 years old down to not even a year old. And my littlest one, my baby, was just so rambunctious and so precocious. Sometimes I was like, how in the world am I going to do this? But when I came out here, when we moved out to this area, I was just completely blown away by God's grace and his love for me and his kindness for me. He just, before I even was like, can I do this to the degree of actually like, putting my kids in school because I doubted myself so much. He just surrounded me with people. And I realized that this area at that time had like 50 homeschooling families just living like within, you know, a 10 mile radius of me. And it was 20 years ago. And I'm just like, I was blown away by the love and the support that I received. And I was able to just jump in and we learned to love it very quickly And our kids just had so much fun. And we, you know, we never looked back after that. We just never looked back. And then it was about five years after that, I started writing my history stories because I would tell my kids these stories and I would tell other kids who I was doing classes with these stories. And they always wanted to hear my stories and they wanted to hear me tell the story of this person or that person or whatever event, And we don't want to read the book. We want you to tell us the story. We want you, you know, and I'm like, okay. So when my youngest was five, I started, or six, I started writing down my stories and that's how it really started. That's amazing. I I know. And I was not planning on publishing. I was not planning on publishing at all. I was going to just print them off. I illustrated a bunch of the stories, and I was just going to do a spiral bound book for my youngest daughter, who was six at the time. And I had just lost my dad. And that was really a huge, huge loss for me. We were very close. And the history was something that we shared. And I just, I wanted to write down the stories that we had shared. And so that's how it started. I started with America Story 1, and just one thing led to another, and within a couple of months, I was approached by a publisher and I went with that. And I was the first publisher. And then about four and a half years later, I switched over to Masterbooks, who has just completely taken it to a, a level that I would have never even dreamed of imagining that my work could look like that or be like that. So my books as they are now are largely due to the amazing work of the Masterbooks team. I just, I can't say enough about it. I love them so much. And it's such a privilege to be able to work with that company.
1: Oh, they're, they're dear. We absolutely love their team there. And yes, your books are beautiful. They are spectacular. But I love, as you are telling your story, how it really started with just an idea that God gave you. You're just telling these stories He puts in your hand exactly what He wants to use, and then you faithfully took one step after another. That's how God leads us all the time, and we tend to want to complicate things, and we want to see the entire journey in one view, and yet God doesn't work that way. And the way that you told that story just illustrated that so beautifully that I really wanted to stop there, because that it's such a great testimony of just being faithful in the little things, tell your kids and their friends those stories, and then just you never know what God's going to do with them.
0: Right. And just being willing to be obedient, even if you don't know what how it's going to turn out, because God is always faithful and he sees the bigger picture. So being able to understand our own little part of his big story is not only our lives, but it is history too. And that is how I teach history is this is just it's a small but important part. And everybody who has ever lived has that tiny little pixel in the whole picture, you know? So yes, it is amazing how God has guided me. And then, like you were saying, I started with the history and the math was added. About a year later, I started writing the the math and mostly it was due to the fact that i already had come up with a lot of different ideas to help teach my oldest daughter who really really struggles with numbers and she just really required a lot of me in the math department so i ended up filling spiral notebook after spiral notebook of math lessons for her to do and basically, I call them the prototype of the first couple of levels of the math anyway. So yeah, it just, I don't know. It's interesting how God uses the things that are born out of a desperate need.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. And just the faithfulness to be there in that need. Again, if you had not recognized that maybe you were the best option for your kids, you know, the rest of this story would not look the same at all. But it goes back to, to just those simple nods of obedience. Okay, Lord, you did give me these children. I am the best person to invest in them in this way and to direct them. And then all of that, God just uses because he is so good and he delights to use his people, which is another just astonishing point, honestly. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this.
0: Right. I know he doesn't have to use us. He doesn't. I look at it like this. You know, we enjoy eating because it tastes good, right? God didn't have to make food taste good. He could have just made it all taste the same and you just have to eat it like fueling your car. You have to fuel your body, right? But he delights in showing us love and giving us opportunities to enjoy what he has created. So he makes the world beautiful. He makes food taste good. You know what I mean? And I like to compare that to what in homeschooling, you have the opportunity to make education taste good for your kids. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. And everything that he has made and everything he has done, it may not look good to our little tiny perspective, our little patch that we're seeing. But in the whole scheme of things, everything he does is good. And so understanding and learning from that point of view, it brings joy and not just a superficial, this is fun and we don't want to do anything that isn't fun perspective. It makes even the hard
1: things enjoyable. Well, and meaningful because you see it through a lens that is so much broader than, as you put it, your little speck, your little moment. And so how did that, again, just a beautiful setup, how did that perspective of how God works lend itself into the way that you approached history and teaching? I mean, there's some hard, ugly things that have happened, along with miraculous, incredible things throughout history. So how did your worldview and your understanding of God's great power and love, factor into how you composed these stories, and really just kind of on the tail end of that, how does that factor in as parents to the way that we want to help our children understand history?
0: Well, I like to start, whenever I am approaching history and teaching history, I like to really start at understanding two things. Number one, what we see around us and what we learn from history, like human history, is such a tiny, tiny part of the reality of history. What we look at as history is the human history, but human history isn't all there is in all of eternity. I mean, God has always existed and he always will exist. And I like to tell kids that, you know, we can create 3D models, 3D puzzles. We can create Lego creations and we can take them and we can spin them around and look at them from every angle, right? that's what God does with history. He holds it and he can spin it and look at it from every perspective. And human history is such a tiny section on the whole timeline of God. It's just a little blip. He sees it from beginning to end. He is in every second from beginning to end. He exists all the way through it. And you know what I mean? It's like he knows every single thing. There is no way for us to know everything that happened in history and every person who's ever lived because there is a lot of it that wasn't recorded. It has just disappeared into the annals of time. They're just not there. We have a rough idea. And even the details that we do have could take years and years and years and years and years years of studying and we still wouldn't know everything. (laughs) So I like to tell kids, if we can look at it and understand that what we're seeing as history is this all from... Way in the beginning to the end, we don't know where the end is. We know where the beginning is because the Bible told us where it is for us. But, and we have a clue of what the end is going to be like, but we have no real, you know, there's no way for us to say in this year, this is when Jesus is going to be back and this is when prophecy will be completely fulfilled. There isn't that. But it's like when we look at it, we can see from the beginning to where we are now And even all of that history is not real clear to us. So if we can just remember who we are in comparison to who God is, we are so finite. We're literally like a breath of air and he is infinite. He is everywhere. He is all the time. He is, you know, he is everything. So if we can just keep that perspective, we will teach history from a biblical worldview because we will know that we are but dust, you know? We're just, this is what we know. This is our limited understanding of the situation. We do not know the people who was involved in this event. We don't know every thought. We don't know their motivation. We don't know their heart. We don't know their, we don't know all of that. All we can do is look at the outside of back, looking back on it. But God knows every person, he knows every motivation, he knows every thought, he knows every cell in the body of every person who has ever lived. If you think about it from that perspective, it really keeps us from getting a big head.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So much of the way that we look at everything comes down to What do we know about our God and how do we relate to him? Like, what is our view of him and ourselves in relation to that? And as you laid that out so beautifully, I actually was thinking, and I know this is something that you have studied quite a bit, but when you find your confidence and your place in the God of the ages, the one who created the earth and everything in it, the master of history, it really lends so much stability to our own story where we are because we recognize- It gives us context. It does. It is It's such a big deal. And it it goes so far, I think, towards just removing the pride that we all tend to feel in our moments, <laughs> because we see things from a much bigger, broader, more godly perspective.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like the book of Job. I mean, it's nobody's favorite book, right? <laughs> but in Job 38, God asks Job a question. He says, where were you when I created this, when I did this, when I did that and that and that? And he goes on for like over a chapter asking Job, where were you? I mean, obviously a rhetorical question, but it makes you stop and think, where was I? You know, what gives me the right to think that I know so much just because I've studied what man has written about these events and everybody has a bias. There's no way you can get away from it. But understanding that God, God sees it all, and his word lays out history. The entire history of humankind is outlined in the Bible. There are prophecies, there are prophecies fulfilled, and there are prophecies waiting to be fulfilled, but every single era of human history is outlined in the Bible. So... Super important to remember that. We are waiting for prophecy to be fulfilled, but we can look back on all of the things that have been fulfilled. And of course, with Jesus being that hinge, you know, that middle point, that anchor right in the middle. And that's where you can't separate Bible and religion from history. You can't because as you and I both know, education is never neutral, never. And that brings me to something that I woke up with this being impressed on my heart to actually mention today. And that is the absolute necessity of making sure that curriculum that you choose for teaching your kids aligns with the truth of the Bible and knowing for a certainty where the publishing company is coming from what do they say about Jesus? What do they say? That is your limit test. If you are buying curriculum from a company that says things that add on to the Bible and they have this whole veil over what they say about Jesus, I don't care how appealing a curriculum looks. It's garbage. And it cannot give you the power to teach the Holy Spirit, truth, eternal truth to your children.
1: Well, and that is so true. And and I have found that we as believers have gotten to the point where we are so willing to accept partial truths or twisted truths or... Or it's better than this anyway. Yes, exactly. Or just beautiful things that make us happy to look at. But we are setting our children up for great confusion because... We cannot be saying one thing, you know in our Bible time and then have all of these other little nuance things just dinging at that with our children. It's so important that we be discerning, that we be disciplined in the purchases that we make, that we allow our worldview and the calling that God has given us in our lives to do kingdom work within our homes. We are to disciple our children and to point them to Jesus. And if our resources don't help with that, It is a very dangerous thing that we are putting in our homes. Amen. And it's like, we have to
0: remember, we're going to be standing before God. Everything that we bring into our children's lives, we're going to be standing before God and giving account to it. And when we know that it doesn't line up with God's word, we're going to be giving an account for that. He's going to say, you knew the truth, yet you didn't follow it. You didn't teach it to your kids. And there isn't an eternal value to something that's written from a god a god view and a world view that is against what the bible says about god, jesus, the holy spirit, history, everything. There is no eternal value in that. So that's something that has been on my heart for the last few years. I've seen so much and it's hard because it's like yes, it's appealing to you, but Does it teach the truth? Does it lead kids to the Bible, the Word of God?
1: Exactly. And just teaching our children good morals or reinforcing morals in our curriculum is not enough. It's exactly, that's a whole nother form of legalism. It is a man-centered religion, and it is so dangerous. And so, yes, I would caution everyone along with Angela to be very discerning, to look at the publisher, the entry point, the worldview that your resources are coming from, because that is not benign. That is very important. And there is a whole group of people who are really making a play for Christian homeschool families right now, and they're doing a really good job of it. And it is dangerous. And so I echo Angela on that passionately to be very, very discerning and very, very careful. Yep. And don't waste your time. Yeah. And don't confuse your kids, right? And you don't have that much time with your kids.
0: Yeah. You don't have that much time with them. You know, when we were young and our kids are young, it seems like the years stretch on and on and on and on. But I'm on the other end of it. My youngest graduated two years ago. Now I have grandkids who are being homeschooled. Try that one on size. you know? So it's like, okay, now I'm not only just impressing the truth on their parents' heart, now it's like, I'm impressed. I, I look at it and like, God, I wasn't just training my own kids. I was training my grandchildren in a way, you know what I mean? I was, I I didn't think about it that way. I didn't think about that. And do you know, not one single person when I was in my twenties and homeschooling in my thirties and homeschooling my kids, I never had one single person tell me, do you know, you're not just training your kids. You're training the future parents of your grandchildren. You are investing in your grandchildren at, at this moment. And it's such a abstract thought when you don't have grandchildren and your kids are, you know, around you, but keeping that generational that generational vision and knowing that you are giving your kids the truth to give to their kids, it ought to motivate us. They really careful
1: well, and what we are modeling, the strength of conviction, the willingness to make sacrifices on things where, you know, there may be an easy option or a more difficult option that is better. We take the path that is more godly, that is better. We are actually displaying for our kids so much. This is something we had it, within the last six months, two of our kids have gotten married. So it's been a busy season around here. I don't know that I would recommend two two weddings in six months, but um, <laughs> yeah, but With both of those couples, I have seen over and over and over what they picked up on that was important to us, things that are non-negotiable to them because it was non-negotiable to us. And that is so powerful. And it is hard to overstate the joy that comes when even some stuff that I don't think David and I ever set out to you know, pass on some of this stuff. It just God laid it on our hearts personally. And through modeling and talking and just teaching our children diligently as we walk, as we talk, and so on, God did a great work there. So like Angela was saying, what you're doing in your homes with your littles, with your middles, with your big kids is going to impact generations to come. And it is so important that we take our role seriously. So we have talked a little bit about some of the dangerous ways that we can bring in confusion or other worldviews. And honestly, just one more thing, since we went off on this tangent, I'll just go one more deeper here. You know, we are very careful with secular, what we consider secular resources. We're very, very careful as a group. You know, we don't want evolution to come in or whatever it is. We look so closely at that. And yet we give a pass to those that are just, we feel, Nuancey off, just little many things off, but it's those little things. It's that Satan in at the in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say those little teeny tiny lies that God will get our kids on? And it is so important that we guard their hearts with what we're bringing to them. And honestly, that is why at teach them diligently events. You don't see a lot of the several of the more popular resources in our exhibit hall because they don't pass muster for what we lay out as kind of the baseline of what we will accept in there. So if they're not at teach them diligently, there's often a reason for it that, yeah, that is that they are just not biblically sound.
0: Right. And you know what? It says in the Bible that Satan often disguises himself as an angel of light. There are so many places in the Bible where it says to be aware. And we need to remember that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against the evil spirits of the heavenly realms. It says that right in Ephesians 6. So we have to remember, like you were saying, our kids are watching us. And there are two things that you got to, we really need to grab a hold of and keep this kind of in the front of our minds. And number one is that our lives are the most important curriculum our kids are ever going to be exposed to. And number two is that. There does come a time where our kids are going to have to make the faith their own. And what's going to happen to your faith if one of your kids decides not to adopt it as their own? That's something that my husband and I have lived for the last 10 years. Our oldest child walked away from the faith 10 years ago, and he completely removed us from his life because he couldn't handle the conviction. And we have had to face fire on almost every side We've been called all kinds of names from non-believing relatives and friends. We're mean, we're bigoted, we're phobic, we're this, we're that. And we've also faced it from our Christian friends. Well, if you had done this, then news this would have happened. It's a promise. There must have been something. And it's like, you know what? Every person in the world has to make their own choice, you know? And I know that eventually every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, and that includes our kid, (laughs) you know? So I have had to come to the place of completely letting him go and just be good and knowing that God is good and finding my hope in him. So I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but it's the truth. You know, A plus B does not equal C sometimes because people have to... They have to know in their heart. But this is the thing. If I had not, if we had not done what we did with our kids, we would not be able to stand firmly, hand to the sky and say, we did what you asked us to do. I know that I can stand before God on Judgment Day and say, I know that I taught him the truth. I know that I did. And I obeyed you. Not perfectly, obviously, but I obeyed you. And Knowing that gives me so much peace. It gives me so much peace. And it allows me to really drive my own stake into God and the goodness of God and to lash myself to him and choose him over the choices that my son has made.
1: Well, and over the fear and anxiety that you could fall into over those choices as well. Yeah. As parents, we are responsible for the decisions and the choices that we make. We are not responsible for the choices that our children, as they get older, they have their own call, their own, they will answer to God on their own. But it is imperative for us that we are faithful with the time that we have, that we like you noted, that we are able to stand before the Lord with a pure conscience and say, God, I followed everything that you told me. And I pray that your word will not return void, that at some point, these things that he or she heard all of these years will take root. But it just underscores the importance of the decisions that we're making day in and day out and the importance of making sure that we are presenting our children in all of their subjects history, science, literature, all of them, a right view of God and their relationship to him. And we have such an incredible opportunity to do that because of the time and the opportunities that home education affords us. Absolutely, we just cannot waste that time, cannot waste it. And it's so
0: important for our kids to understand that God is good, he is always good, It doesn't matter if we understand everything about him or understand everything about every event in history or all of those things. Why did he let this happen? Or why is he allowing that to happen? The fact of the matter is, is that we don't see the whole picture. And that's really the underlying thing. It goes right back to the what we started with, is we have to understand who we are in comparison to God. And that, if we can understand that, I always... You mentioned my uh, project that I just got done with this earlier, the Courageous Identity Project. And it really is based in that, just that simple truth. If we know God, we will know ourselves and we will not fall for every stupid little thing that comes down the pike. You know, it's like I know for a fact of my own story that I did not have even a clue of who I was because I didn't know God you know, and as he showed me who he is through his word, I got much more of a clear picture of who I am and what my calling and my purpose is. And that is my absolute passion. And that is why I do what I do is because I want families and children to know who God is, because I know that they will find peace and that they will know their purpose and they will have a clear picture of their own identity if they know God.
1: Well, exactly. Absolutely. We in Teach Them Diligently 365, which is our membership site, we just spent the entire fall, we're finishing up that study now, together studying what do I know about my God, looking at all of these different things and positioning ourselves next to a God who is in control, a God who cares, a God who sees, a God, and I could go on and on and on. And one of the things that comes out of that is you recognize that the God who can work all things together for good, which we love to pull out of Romans 8, is also able to take those things that are terrible, the things that are just so unthinkably bad and unjust and all of these things. And he is so much bigger and grander than anything that we can ever imagine that he can even take those things and work them together for our good and His glory, and we can trust and lean into that even in the most difficult times. But you don't get there if you don't know your God and if you don't rest in Him in all of these other areas as well. Exactly. It's so true.
0: It's so true. And it's, that's why it's so important to see any materials that come into your house, what do they say about Jesus? Because without Jesus being exactly who he says he is in the word of God, unless there is something that teaches in every aspect who Jesus really is, then it's not truth. And what is the opposite of truth? It's not, well, the opposite of truth is, oh, it's sort of okay. No, it's either right or it's wrong. And you can't be kind of right about Jesus. You either believe who he says he is or you don't, period. There isn't any room for gray. That is a black and white topic. We are not given the right to tweak it to make it a little bit more palatable, shall we say?
1: Well, exactly. And we've told our kids for their entire lives, and especially as they've gotten older and they've started having their own gospel conversations with people and just engaging with people around them, most people have no trouble with God. Most people, a God is fine. They can, palatable, God is palatable. Jesus is really that linchpin. What will you do with Jesus? And that is what sets true Christianity apart. That is the man who came, the God man, who came to show us how to live, to show us how to pray, to show us how to love, to show us how to lay down your life for another. But he also paid the price for all of our sins and made a way for all of us to have direct contact with God for the rest of eternity. And that is a miracle. And that is the one that we want to introduce our kids to day in and day out. So it is so, so important that they recognize that Jesus truly is that me- middle point of history, everything pointed to him. Everything points back to him, and he is above all things for all time. So that really so important. Yeah, and
0: you think about it: if we can remove Jesus, if we can remove the power of Jesus, if we can tweak what he's who he is, we have rendered the gospel to be completely useless. And throughout the book that I just finished, um, *Courageous Identity*, I challenge the teens because it's for teenagers. I challenge the teens to think about what is it that the world offers as a replacement of the gospel. In this situation, the gospel, this is what the gospel says about this. What does the world say? What does the gospel bring? And what does the world have to offer that has any kind of power or peace that the gospel can bring? And so there's a challenge after challenge after challenge in there of what is the world replaced with? And this is just the thing. We have been duped into replacing the gospel in our own homes with something that is so far not the gospel.
1: Right. Well, and I think that so many also are afraid to have difficult conversations or challenge things that they believe will put a wedge between them and their kids or something. And and just as you were talking about courageous identity and making the teens address how has this been twisted what are they are they, is being pushed out now that is at, in opposition to this having those conversations with our kids really uh, throughout their lives at different age appropriate ways obviously this is so important because you don't want them to have a flimsy foundation for their faith you've got to drive those stakes into the ground so that when the world comes at them and there are so many things that are trying to pull them away that they have something so deep and so grounded to hold on to. And they have a relationship with you to go back to that. They know that any question will be answered. You're not going to like scream in fear and run away that that is for a lot of people. We either avoid those difficult conversations or we get so anxious and panic stricken when a difficult question is asked that we just, you know, react and run. And those are very damaging for, helping our kids build a foundation for their own faith.
0: Yeah. And so therefore we need to, as parents, educate ourselves. There are so many cool resources out there. I'm thinking of the set of books. I can't remember the name of it now, but Masterbooks has it. It's the one about worldviews, cult, religions, all of those. So there's like four volumes. And I can't even tell you how many times that those have been pulled off of my shelf to read to my kids because all they know that I I personally grew up in a cult. I was born and raised in one until I was 17. And when I say cult, I'm talking like literal cult, communal, communal living, brainwashing, the whole nine yards. So I have kind of a sixth sense when it comes to anything. Like I'm always like, question it, question everything. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm going to tell you something. God is the only being and his word is the only thing that has held up against my questioning. Every time I have poked holes in every single thing, and it's like, okay, okay,
1: you know, it's earned my respect. Well, exactly. And every time that you go at it that way and you find your answer, that is a deeply held conviction at that point because you have an answer to that. Yep. It's personal. Yeah. Yeah. It is yours. And that is a really, really big deal. And our job as parents is to give our kids. those solid answers to any question that they may have, but we cannot give what we do not have. And so like you were saying, it is so critical that you be in God's word every day that as you are praying, you know, I encourage people to pray God's word because the way that the Lord opens your eyes to what his word is actually saying as you're praying it back to him is absolutely miraculous because the Holy Spirit delights to open our eyes and show us those things. So it is just critically important. Going back again to 365, we are starting January 1st going through the Bible in a year together. We are studying it deeply. We are growing together. Those that want to participate because as moms, we have got to be feeding our own souls and our own minds and our own spirits so that we are ready, as Peter says, always to give an answer for the hope that is in us. And so if you are a 365 member, make sure you sign up for that. We're going to start that January 1st and it will be really, really good as a bunch of us study this deeply together.
0: That sounds amazing. I may actually join that.
1: Yeah, come on. It'd be great. The more perspectives we can get in those threads, the better. I'm all for it. Well, we are unfortunately out of time for today. We need to we've got to come back and do this again because I wanted to talk more about mental health and I wanted to talk more about this new project. So you just have to come back. (laughs) We need to just talk about that. But I'm so thankful for the direction that this conversation took because it is so important. And hearing your perspective and both of us being so far down the road, you just see a lot in your rearview mirror that you want to make sure that those younger moms are aware of while they still have those opportunities sitting in the floor, reading, playing Legos and doing all the things with their little ones.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. I would definitely come back and talk about Courageous Identity. I
1: would love that. Well, we will do that very, very soon, Lord Welling. Well, Angela, before we go, I want you, you know, we started talking about your America story and world story. Tell us, I want to wind back to that just a second. Tell us where people can find those, but also how are they designed to be used within the families? You know, what levels are they for? Can families do them together or are they more individual? tell us a little bit about that before we go so that we make sure we can point people to those sure well america story is it's marketed towards 3rd through 6th
0: grade but quite honestly they're very very adjustable they're very i like to look at them as tools they can be used for if you have a strong reader lots of kids just like to read them i've had high schoolers use them all in one year as a high school credit they're just written from a narrative with a narrative voice and it's you know, hopefully teaches the kids to think past just dates and names. All of my books are available at Masterbook's website. So they might even be running a sale right now or soon, but whatever. They're there.
1: (laughs) Watch the website, everybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then The World Stories picks up after that. It's geared more towards sixth grade and up. And honestly, I really, very firmly stand with that because there's a lot in those volumes that wouldn't really want little ones to hear (laughs) it's not like that's horrible goriness or anything but it's just more mature and it's for a more mature audience so
1: yeah so and all of those can be found at masterbooks or christianbook.com there are a number of places that you can find them but they are very very good resources i encourage you to take a look at them you will not find anything in there that is questionable or that will confuse your children Rather, you will find a strong focus on a biblical perspective of history, which is so very, very important and where a lot of families get sidelined. History and literature, man, we can get sidelined real easy in the themes of those two things. Whereas if you use those subjects well, the doors that they open for heart conversations are incredible, but we're never going to end if we go down that road. So again, another, (laughs) so now we have three episodes we're going to have to do, Angela. okay. (laughs) We'll just start our own podcast. But thank you. Thank you again so much for joining us. It has been a real joy and I'm so glad you were here. I'm glad I finally made it on. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And everybody else, thank you for spending your time with us today. You know, we talk every single episode about how the Great Commission starts right in your home. Your home is your Jerusalem. That is where your greatest impact is. And I can't encourage you strongly enough to be very, very careful with the hearts of your children. Be very mindful of the resources that you bring before them. Pray very strategically for wisdom as you're engaging. Give your kids a solid foundation for their faith. You have the greatest opportunity on all of those fronts because you are the one that God chose to be the parent of that child and you are the best person on the planet to pass on a solid foundation of faith for them. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Like I noted throughout, if you're not in 365, join us there. We will be starting a Through the Bible study January 1st together. I would love to have you there. I will be in there. A lot of other godly women will be in there. We're going to be sharing what we're learning and just truly growing together. I would love to see you there. So go to teachthemdiligently.net. Look at the membership tab at the top and you can get more information on that. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more.